I'm Dano, and this is the Read Aloud Dinner Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to hemp. Blah, 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 blah. A weekly podcast dedicated to helping family units grow in love together by teaching them how to read aloud as a family. Man, I bungled that one, but that's just the way it is. So, hey, could you do me a favor? Could you rate this podcast? I really got this. Um, it was a two-star two star review, and I was really grateful for the feedback, just kind of what people were looking for, um, you know, kind of like a homeschooling thing. And um, it was just good for me to know that that's what they were looking for. I think there's good podcasts out there. This podcast really isn't like a book recommendation. Yes, it could be repetitive, but no, it was great feedback. I really enjoyed um, reading the two-star review and, and some thoughts from the person. I, um, so no no feedback is wasted. I love reading it and, and, I, and I, want, I want to learn and grow, but I'm going to try to stay true to you know the mission of this podcast, which is to help families grow in love together. So if you could drop a review, good or bad, I don't care. Every bit of information helps me or clarifies my mission for um, to help this podcast help you, the reader. And again, um, if you need book recommendations or you need that, I mean, the Read Aloud Revival is an incredible podcast. Like, go check check out the Read, Read Aloud Revival. I listen to it. I listen to several reading podcasts, but this one is really about like, especially geared toward guys. I know that you know probably a lot of guys don't listen to podcasts, but um, I hope they do. I hope they listen to this. And um, basically, a challenge of you know spend time helping your children read, spend time with your family. And that's something I need to remind myself. So sometimes you teach the thing that you need to be reminded of, and that's why I'm here. What are we gonna talk about today? Well, today we're gonna talk about the secret sauce to teaching kids to read, or the secret sauce to growing in love with reading together as a family. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. But first, let's start with a poem. Little Bo Peep. Little Bo Peep has lost her sheep and can't tell where to find them. Leave them alone and they'll come home and bring their tails behind them. Little Bo Peep fell fast asleep and dreamt she heard them bleeding. But when she awoke, she found it a joke, for still they all were fleeting. Then up she took her little crook, determined for to find them. She found them indeed, but it made her heart bleed for they'd all left their tails behind them. It happened one day as Bo Peep did stray onto a meadow hard by. There she espied their tails side by side, all hung up on a tree to dry. She heaved a sigh and wiped her eye, and over the hillock she raced, and tried what she could, as a shepherdess should, that each tail should be properly placed. That's just an example of, hey, you know, read aloud. And, you know, that's just a book of poems. And I I do really want to address this this idea of, you know, like have book recommendations. And I will, I I will occasionally drop book recommendations. But more importantly, especially what we're going to be talking about in this podcast, like what is the secret sauce? is I really want you to spend time together as a family. I think that 
in a you know read aloud this is a read aloud dinner so the idea is you read aloud at dinner or you read aloud you know before you go to bed i just heard a commencement address i'm a college instructor at a community college and the commencement speaker said that he reads two books to his daughters every night before bed and that's exactly what the read aloud podcast is about um, a father reading two books to his daughters before bed and I really hope that you set aside aside time, 10 to 15 minutes every day, if you can, or five days a week, or if you can manage three days a week, or at least one day a week, just try to say, I'm going to read 10 to 15 minutes a day with my children. It could be a poem. That's why I read the poem. And I'm going to keep reading poems because there's so much there. And we'll even, we'll even kind of dissect that poem a little bit on this on this podcast here but the secret sauce is time and there are plenty of books that i can a book lists out there again go to the read aloud revival go to the read aloud revival i'm gonna say that again go to the read aloud revival and listen to um uh, you know, like the books and what moms, what moms really think are nice and cool. And I mean, I, I get great book ideas there for my kids and I, I encourage you to do that. But the other thing that I, that I encourage you to do is to go to the library. You have, most communities have a library and you ask me for book recommendations when, again, I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher at heart. So I cannot help but be a teacher and teach you how to fish, right? I mean, you've heard the old adage, right? Give a man a fish, teach him for a day, teach a man a fish, feed him for his life. So please go to the library, the public library, and ask the librarian about books that would be good for your children. Here's a person who studies books all the time. Here's a person that you can say, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm worried about. And this person can help you. They have, a typically they have a degree in this or they've spent a ton of time around books. It's not that hard. I mean, you're looking for little treasures and gems, but there's new things coming out. And oftentimes librarians have a, a memory. I mean, they are kind of the keepers of memory, especially for children's books. And yet, how often do you talk to the librarian? So please use the librarian to figure out what type of books might be good for kids. Read or review the books as you're there in the library. But I think the reason why, and you're, I'm going to make people upset, I think the reason why that you would like me to tell you, you know, you know, these are the books that you should do is maybe because it's just easier to go online and, and buy the book, then get up, go to the library, take some time there, and sit down for an hour to two hours. And I know already what, what, what many parents will say, especially fathers that are, are busy and um, you know have all these kinds of excuses for not wanting to spend time with the kids. If, if anyone has excuses, it's me. I have excuses all the time for not wanting to spend time with my children. The pot calling the kettle black. Again, I'm t 
I'm here because I struggle with these things and I have to battle this selfish desire for time. What about you? Are you willing to take that 10 or 15 minutes a day to read to your child versus watching TV? You know, it's easier to watch TV. You're tired from work. You have all kinds of things going on. But, I mean, you only have your child for, I mean, what I mean, what does Jordan Peterson suggest? I think he says about seven, I mean, maybe not even seven years. I think he says like five, four or five years for you to really connect with your child according to popular psychology. I was told um, in college it was about seven years. You have seven years to anchor your child, to let them know that you love them. And um, doing that will help you, you know, parent them later on because they understand mom and dad love them. They understand that they're a priority. They understand that they're not second rate versus, hey, please go please go off and watch TV and do something else. I think I said this before on this podcast, but the the last thing that I want, and maybe it's one of my greatest fears as a parent, is that my children will not want to spend time with me when they get older. Um, Now, I know that as they become teenagers and independent, yes, all that's true. But I mean this, that I taught them to be so independent to watch TV or be on the Xbox or be on the gaming system or, or be um, not connected with me because the, because I needed to do something that when I want that relationship, they said, well, no dad, I'm busy. I got, I have my friends or I have this and I can't connect with them anymore because I haven't spent that time. This probably will not be a very popular podcast because I say that I get in trouble for saying things, and I'm I'm really sorry if I'm touching a nerve, but we need to address this issue of time. Why are we not spending time, or not, not spending time? Why is it hard to spend time with our children? And let's address that, because that's the secret sauce. The secret sauce is time, it's patience, and it's looking out for what your child needs and it's hard like parenting is so hard and i and i just want to i th- i just want to say that that if you want to just give up <laughs> and let pbs live you know parent your kids or let nickelodeon or disney plus I mean, there's definitely a temptation there, which is why we really limit TV or technology in our house to about mm, maybe, I mean, it's down even more now. It's about two hours, two to three hours a week is what we limit technology to. I mean, I mean, not so much like, hey, you can't watch TV. I mean, I'm a big, you know, let's sit. I mean, I'm a dad. You know, we're going to sit down. We're going to watch something. But we've actually been spending more time outside, going on walks, going to the park and playing there, trying to spend time together as a family. Spend time with your child. Now, I guess I know I can already hear, you know, that little voice 
in the back of my head saying, well, you know, you know, you know, don't idolize your children. No, no, of course not. There's only so much you can do and you have to set limits with your child. But I think, um, I don't think, I mean, I think there are some of us that need to say, hey, you know, you're not supposed to, you know, you can't spend every waking moment with your child. But many, especially many dads need to hear, you can spend 10 to 15 minutes or 20 minutes, like like engage, not on your phone, engage with your child, um, hopefully longer. And, and hopefully that 10 to 15 minutes can stretch to two hours and playing games and, and being outside with them. That's what we're talking about here. So when you're teaching your child to read and when you're growing in love as a family with reading, you are going to go to the library and you're going to find books that um, you're, you're going to discover. Maybe you're going to read a couple picture books. Maybe you're going to look at a graphic novel with your children. You're going to, and, and the, this is so important for this reason, because you're going to watch them in the library. The secret sauce, time, patience, and looking out for what your child needs. Time, patience, and looking out for what, what your child needs. So as they're in the library, are you observing them? Are you are you seeing how they interact with books? Not the technology in the library, but interacting with books. And maybe, hey, you know, they're uninterested. Then pull out a book and maybe start reading that book to them while you're there. That might be a great thing to do. So taking time... Well, here, here, I have an example. I have a, I kind of have a story. So I was teaching my son, uh, my five-year-old, how to ride a bike. And I'm a teacher. I'm a college instructor. And so I study teaching as my career. I'm a, I work at a community college. And so it's, I'm not at a university where my, my role would be research and presenting, though I do publish books and though I do present, um, my primary role at the college is to teach. I am a teaching instructor. I was hired because of my skill in teaching. So when, as a teacher, and you have your child and you're teaching your child, there's a lot of pressure on the teacher to do well. And um, I mean, some, there's many times I'm not proud of myself as a teacher and I have to remind myself, like if your son was your student, how would you treat them? Like there's like this, this shame that falls over you as a, as a parent when like a child can't get something right. Like I am, I am a terrible person and I can't even teach my own kid. How am I teaching others? Like it's all those, like all those things going on. So I taught my child, I tried to teach him how to ride his bike um, earlier uh, to, you know, took off his training wheels and just was teaching him how to glide the bike. And he just couldn't get it. He just couldn't get it. And, um, you know, maybe I spent 10 minutes with him and then I gave up <laughs> true confessions. Um, and I went inside and I probably watched TV or said something like that. And then I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try again. So a couple months later I tried again. He was tired. He had just fallen and got dirty and he doesn't like being dirty and i'm like no you get on that bike and we're gonna ride <laughs> and um and then we we tried again that like i said remember what i taught you last time let's just glide on our bike let's just practice gliding and i pretty soon after about 20 minutes 
he started to be able to glide without rocking too much. And so he could stay steady. He could glide. We were, we have a slight incline or, or de- decline on our driveway. So he could just kind of coast a little bit. I'm like, good. So now you know how to balance. Let's try putting your feet on the, on the pedals. So then he would glide and then he would try to put his feet on the pedals. Then I had, then I was late for a dentist appointment. So I went back to the dentist and then I came back and then I spent another half hour with him that night and I just took him out and I pushed all the other kids away because dad's spending time with someone. So, you know, they're all jealous. Uh, I was like, no, I'm with your brother. I'm with your brother right now. I'm spending time with him. So then I spent another half hour with him getting his feet on the pedals and teaching, getting him to, to ride. To, to press the pedals. So in about two days, you know, I'm, I'm helping my kid ride the bike. Now, I mean, of course, I mean, there's all kinds of ways to teach someone to glide a bike. There's the glider bikes and all that stuff. And, you know, where a kid goes naturally, absolutely. All that, all that's true. Um, but I didn't have to have a glider bike to teach my kid how to ride a bike. Um, though glider bikes are amazing and then it's a really nice transition to when you do teach your kids to ride a bike think of books like you know if you're te- if you're reading to your child consistently it's like a glider bike helping them to smoothly transition into reading but let's say you didn't do that well you can start now and what you need to do is you need to take the time so i am there dedicating my time with my son trying to be encouraging right commending him when he does something well clapping for him correcting him in a loving affirming way okay you know try not to always go into the grass let's try this instead and pretty soon he was successful and then today he was back out and he practiced, practiced, and then he's turning, and he's all of a sudden he's he's a savant on the bike. I mean, he just knows what to do. Same, I think of my son, who I believe is you know dyslexic, and teaching him how to read. And yes, a curriculum. He needed a curriculum. I think it was like hundred days to reading or something like that. And it took time. But there, I remember. The author saying it's going to be about 15 to 20 minutes a day for 100 days. Okay. I can do that. I can spend 15 to 20 minutes a day with my child. And then you look, right? If, if one day doesn't go well, be kind to yourself. Be kind to your child. It's okay that it didn't go well that day um maybe i repeat things often on this podcast because we need to hear things again and again and again for it to sink into our brains it's called the curve of forgetting i say think something once you're like oh that's really neat and then it'll be gone the next day but if i keep bringing it up but over and over and over again you're far more likely to remember that's how i drill english language into my students i keep bringing up the same thing over and over again to make sure that they got it. That's exactly what this book did for him to read. They would 
I mean, I'm like, we, we kept spending time on the same letters and, and I could see someone being frustrated with it. Um, but I knew exactly what the author was doing because he, he wanted, or he and she wanted to drill that information into the child's memory. And just, and, and we think, oh, we always want the fastest. We want, um, we know we like, Hey, you know, get this book and it's going to be, it's going to be life changing for you. Or, you know, you know, this book will inspire our child to read, you know, everything. Well, you know, I mean, frankly, <laughs> my, my, my child reads some boring books. Think of the Elsie Dinsmore book. She reads the Elsie Dinsmore books and it's written in old English, like thou shalt not type stuff. And she reads these, she reads my, my third grader reads these books, you know, thou shalt nots and such. She, I don't know how much, you know, how much she understands of those words, but she understands the story. And so I ask her about the story, I ask her what happens and she tells me exactly what happens but she's spending time with the words. Then we, her mom and her mom and I end up reading certain sections to her. And then she'll ask us, what does this word mean? And then we talk about that word. I hope what you're hearing, what you're, what I'm getting at is that time. So we want like a fast. And I wonder why, why in the world do we want to supercharge our children? Why do we want to miracle grow our kids? And I think we really need to ask ourselves that question. Why do we want to miracle grow our kids? I mean, uh, this was me. I try to get my kid walking before everyone else. You know, like, oh, like, hey, I'm a great parent because my kid can walk and my kid can talk before yours and you're an idiot. I mean, like, like that was in my mind and that was just wrong, you know, like as a first time parent. I mean, now as a, as a dad of five kids, <laughs> Maybe it's that. It's just like, I'm just exhausted. I'm like, we'll get there when we get there. When my son Edsel started, you know, he's walking now, but he was crawling and, 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 um, like, oh, shouldn't, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you should start walking. And I said, nope, he'll, he'll get there when he gets there. He'll figure it out. Most people end up walking and he's going to do it. And sure enough, he decided to walk all on his own and in his own time. And I didn't worry and I didn't push him. And I just enjoyed him. I just loved him. And I remember my wife, not to bash on my wife, but you know, she loves me. My wife is also edu an educator and she's a great educator, but again, that, that idea of teaching your own kids. So she was teaching my son how to read and she just get frustrated like, oh, you know, try harder, don't be lazy. And, and, um, and I would be like, <clears throat> let's keep this fun. And, and she would like, she'd look at me and roll her eyes. And then we talk later. She goes, ah, oh, I just, I don't know why I feel this pressure on me. I was like, yeah, I know. I have the same, I have the same, thoughts in my head too so we have um because sometimes i'm the one that's making the mistake and sometimes it's you know her making the mistake but we often have this thing where we kind of remind each other like slow down and focus on love so we ended up i mean i ended up taking over the reading lessons 
she was getting frustrated and I took it over and again I just moved so slowly and he would and he would be reading something and I would rub his back I give him a hug after the lesson and you know what he wanted to do dad can we read today can we practice reading today and that's what I'm talking about you are you know I mean I realized that my child could not read in a normal way so I had to reach out and get extra help there is tons of wonderful reading curriculum out there you don't have to use the hundred days to reading that I use there's I mean you can't I mean I I learned with um, hooked on phonics there are other wonderful reading curriculums out there please I mean go search for something it's it really isn't about a curriculum that's good or bad and, and I know people are going to disagree with me but if you just get something you're, you're 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 looking for the perfect thing and honestly there is no perfect thing there's good things and and maybe there'll be one that that'll that'll be a little bit more efficient but there is no perfect thing and and we don't want to miracle grow our kids we want to enjoy them and spend time with them and coach them and love them, especially during those first seven years. I mean, I mean, imagine if you if you're if you're spending <laughs> if you love them and focus on them the first seven years, you're you're definitely not going to stop years eight through eighteen. So anyway, I would, I would um, you know, read with him. And we'd work on the letter sounds and and then we was like, oh, we're done. Really? We're done? Yep, we're done. We close the book. Oh. Oh, okay. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Making reading fun. Making reading a relationship. We say that again. Making reading a relationship. That's time, that's patience, and that's looking out for what your child needs. It works for teaching them how to ride a bike, and it church it church it works teaching them how to read. So think about time in your life right now. Think about what's zapping your time. Is it work that's zapping your time? Is it um is it numbing that zapping your time when you're sitting in front of a TV and you're, you know, you're, you're just binging Netflix or whatever. That's called numbing. That's a psychological thing you should look at. If you're, you know, eating, you know, eating too much or eating sweets or eating carbs, lots of carbs and sugars, you're numbing. What are you numbing from and why aren't you spending time? with your child, you know, they, maybe they have, they have, um, you know, a, maybe it's just hard to do it because there's some, some behavior issues. Oftentimes those behavior issues will, um, correct when you start spending more time with them. Again, you know, here he is, here's Mr. Bernstrom shaming us for how to do stuff. I mean, but let's say, let's say, that it's not. I mean, I have a child that um, I believe has a mental 
um, a mental illness. Um, and there's, there's only so much his mother and I could do. We took the time, we were patient, and then we looked up for what the child needs. And we, we brought that child to counseling. And that counselor was amazing, was able to help our child in ways that, that mom and dad could not, because we are not specialized in child psychology. So if you find something like that, and you don't find that, you know, behavior issues, you know, are, are correcting, then by all means, please take your child to a child psychologist and um, um, a child therapist and, you know, do child, you know, do play therapy, but do play therapy with your kid if you want. And maybe the therapist can teach you how to spend time with your child and how to, how to do things. I mean, it's time. It's time. It's the most valuable resource that you have. And that's what we really wanted to talk about today. You know, little Bo Peep realizing her sheep are gone. Something's missing. Something's wrong. She goes out. She finds them. They're, they're missing, but something is still missing. She finds her, their tails in a tree. And she takes the time to make sure that each tail goes with the right sheep. How long does that take? What about our children? So maybe what I'm trying to do, that's why, that's why we do the read aloud dinner. I tried again to skip reading Trumpet of the Swan. I think it's a really boring book, but man, the kids love it. The kids love the Trumpet of the Swan. I try to get out of reading it. Dad, are we reading Trumpet of the Swan tonight? And the just the look in their eyes when I read. And, and I'm not a, I mean, I, I believe I'm dyslexic. I'm a terrible reader. I really am a terrible reader. I stumble over my words. I mess up all the time. And yet they're with me. Their eyes are bright. They stop eating and they're, they're hanging on my, my every word. In Trumpet of the Swan, what a strange book for that to happen. But dad is there and he's with them and he's reading them a story. And I think that's what they think is wonderful about everything. Are you going to accept that challenge with me? Are you going to accept, I'm going to spend time with my kids. I'm going to go to the library and I'm going to talk to the librarian. I'm going to set time aside, even though I'm busy and even though I'm tired and exhausted, I'm going to set time aside to, sh to show them I love them and, and learn about them and maybe find out where our connections or where our interests align because that will help you grow in love together. And that's what this podcast is all about.